What's up, folks, and welcome back to another episode of Trivia Rewrites. On this episode, Demo decided that he would like to be the recipient of the This Day in History segment. We discuss football face masks, delis in New York City, and baseball salaries. The hot seat segment has Barbie pitted against the World's Fair, or at least what was supposed to be the World's Fair. A little misreading and misinterpretation on my part led to some interesting questions, and I take full responsibility. You'll see what I mean when we get there. Don't forget to send in your hot seat topic suggestions to either our email or hit us up on Twitter. Our email is triviarewrites at gmail.com, and our Twitter is the also creative at triviarewrites. If you wouldn't mind taking the time to drop us a rating and review on iTunes, that would also be greatly appreciated. And don't forget to describe to the show on your listening platform of choice to make sure that you don't miss an episode. And please enjoy this week's episode of Trivia Rewrites. Welcome to Trivia Rewrites, where we look at how the news is changing trivia. Today is Wednesday, July 15th, 2020. I'm your host, Demo, and this is my co-host, Hibbs. What's up, dude? How's it going? It's going pretty good. So we've changed things up a little bit this week. Gave you the This Day in History. Pulled that old Uno reverse card. Reverse. Reverse, reverse. So we'll see how this goes. So Hibbs is going to ask me questions, and I'm going to answer them incorrectly. Oh, so. man. That's how it goes. I am excited. <laughs> I, oh, it feels good to have this much power. All right. In typical Demo fashion. Oh, we're just going right in. All we're right. going right into it. The year is 1099. Okay. What city has just fallen to the Crusaders on July 15th, 1099? 1099? Uh, I will give you a hint if you don't know. Istanbul. Constantinople. It is, both of those are incorrect. It is Jerusalem. Oh, okay. So it was the end of the Second Crusades. Oh, very good. Between the years of... A uh, follow-up question. Okay. Between the years of 1096 and 1291, how many Crusades took place? Four. Eight. There were eight okay. major Crusades. I had no idea. Yeah, how's it feel? See, that seems a lot. You Get know, a taste. You'd think the, the sequels would have been a lot worse than the original one. I don't know how they kept convincing people to do it, but I guess they had hundreds of years to... To bottle up that religious anger. Well, just like keep bringing up, oh, we're just going to go on a crusade. It's like a whole new thing. 20 years later, I guess. But Yeah. I mean, 1096, like what, do you, like, what else are you doing? Like, hey, you want to go kill some people? <laughs> sure. <laughs> My crops are good. Like, I, got, I got that passive income. All right. On this day, 1806. 1806. Who would set off on an expedition in an attempt to find the headwaters to the Red River? And although he may have been captured by Spanish authorities before he could find the headwaters, he was still able to have a mountain named after him in central Colorado. Mm, central Colorado. Pike. Lieutenant Zebulon Pike. What a boss name. Zebulon? <laughs> it might be like Zeb Zeb Z-U-B-U-L-O-N. Zeb yes. Zebulon? Could be. Zebulon? I don't know. Yeah. Very awesome. futuristic. Must have been a time traveler. All right, nicely done. Pike. July 15th, 1960. This presidential candidate accepts the Democratic nomination for president, a choice that would lead to a mind-blowing presidency. <laughs> that's a... Cr that's... Shouldn't joke about that, Hibbs. That's JFK. JFK. Mind-blowing <laughs> presidency. How'd you know? Wow. Okay. I like it. 
Thank you, thank you. All right, Demo. What country did Italy officially de- declare war on in 1945? Oh, we're going out of order. Yeah, every in, we're bouncing all, the, all over the place. 1945, Italy officially declared war on what country? Mm-hmm. July 15th, 1945. So that's like towards the end of the war. So I get I'm... Italy would have been liberated probably, so declaring war on like Nazi Germany, I guess, would be my Ooh. guess. I'd say it's a... It's a good guess. Uh, it's Japan. Japan oh, okay. Cancer, so, yeah. Same thing. Your, your thought process was there. Interesting. And then your last This Day in History, as I get off of this power binge, what company was publicly launched on this day in 2006 by Jack Dorsey, Evan Williams, and Biz Stone? Biz Stone? <laughs> yeah. Uh, is that uh, gotta be twi- a fake Twitter? Twitter. Yeah. Jack, Jack Dorsey. Jack Dorsey give it away? Is that the name that? Was... Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I would have gotten none of those if you if the if these uh, roles were reversed. So nicely done. How's it feel to be on the receiving end of? I like those. Those are fun. <laughs> Good. I'm glad you like them. I do. Yeah. Learn something, and I like the your style, your delivery. So good. Good job. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I shouldn't joke about that. Uh, it was fine. I liked it. Um, okay. So now we're gonna move on to the trivia rewrites portion of the show so this is where hibbs and i have both taken a look at the (laughs) weekly news and uh tried to write some trivia questions about those we need to work on our charades yeah i don't know are you gonna do rapid fire yeah at the end usually that's after the main segment no it's not yeah usually rapid fire is the last thing i do before we go to hot seat have you been have you been on this show before (laughs) oh you're right you're right you're right. No, I'm, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I am so sorry. I was thinking. I was already. I know in that the hot you're seat. new. You're new on this show, Hibbs. But I am new. <laughs> sorry, I totally and I interrupted your trivia rewrite section. Sorry. No, you're good. I think I I got it clean. Did you? You hesitated at the end. Okay. So now we're gonna move on to the uh, trivia rewrites portion of the show. So this is where Hibbs and I have taken a look at the weekly news and tried to come up with trivia questions that have changed in the past week or an answer to a trivia question that's maybe new based on the news this week, and uh, we're going to ask those to each other. So I've got the first one for you, Hibbs, to start us off. It's about state fairs. So I guess this could be about any state, but I'm going to make you guess which one it is. So for the first time in the history, uh, the state fair has been canceled for which Midwestern state? It was first held in 1913 in, I'll give you the city even, probably doesn't help, Hutchinson. Hutchinson. Yep. Hmm. I got to be careful on my guess here because I'm going to really show that I don't know what Midwestern exactly is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Basically, yeah, anything in the middle of the country. Right. But I mean, like, well, we're talking like we're talking like Nebraska to Ohio kind of thing. Yeah. Um, Nebraska to Ohio. My gut is telling me either. Kansas or Missouri? Mm. And I'm going to go Missouri final answer. Oof. Oh, did I boof The it? Kansas State Fair oh. for the first time in history will be uh, not happening this year. There's a lot of state fairs being canceled. Yeah. So, well, so regarding that, I guess a little bit, can you tell me where the first state fair in the entire country was held? I can give you the, the years, 1841. So okay. it had to be a state then. Right, that was my. I, I, I thought we were gonna get into another. So it's pretty old state. America's race, America's Cup debate. Um, 
Um, the the country's oldest state fair. It's had to be a place that had enough people and a place that was wealthy enough to have the time to devote to a state fair. All right. So I'm gonna guess Virginia. I like I like that guess. It Thank is you. actually New York. Oh, that's the, the easy first one. state fair was held in 1841 in Syracuse, New York, and has Everything been held every year annually since then, making it the oldest state fair. Do you want to know where the second oldest state fair was? Mm-hmm. It was in uh, Michigan, and it was held from 1849 until 2009 when the city of Detroit declined to fund it for other priorities. <laughs> so they no longer technically Man. have a state fair, but it was the second oldest one in the history of uh, the country, but they don't have it anymore. They just have uh, like county fairs. So I would love to do a deep dive on the history of Detroit and just like the monetary aspect of it like just well, like maybe that nah. could be maybe that could be a future hot seat segment i think it would just make me sad yeah okay i don't know this might not be interesting but i've got a list of the top <laughs> what that's how i start every conversation with everyone i meet i have a list here of the top 10 most attended state fairs by percentage of state population oh that's a curveball like a per capita type. Bad yeah, boy. per capita. So let's, I'll give you, let's say five <laughs> guesses, five guesses to get three of the top 10. How about that? Okay. Okay. So it's basically just like attendees per million people. Yeah. Attendance as a percentage of this. So they just take the total number of attendants and divide by the state population. Okay. Okay. Talk me through. What's your strategy? So I'm just arguing right now that I just, I want to say, I'm torn because Texas is one of the largest states. I think it's the second largest state in the U.S. I, I think so, yeah. Landmass wise, and it holds like four of the top 10 most populous cities in the U.S. Mm. Yeah, and the Texas State Fair is a huge state fair. So that, that, that's a caveat. Like, that's the biggest state fair in the nation. But I'm still, I'm still going to guess it. I'm still going to guess the old Lone Star State. That's one of my guesses. It is not in the top 10. Oof, okay percentage of the state population okay all right i know surprisingly the tulsa state fair is very large is that on there because that's a relatively small yeah populous oklahoma tulsa state fair i have it as the second most attended state fair of any state let's see what other i'm not too worried so much about the north west because okay. <laughs> they don't need the fake lights. All right. I'm going to guess. I want to go like Alabama. Alabama is not on here. Oh, man. I would have thought they would have loved all the fried food. Three guesses, one hit. So you got to you gotta hit with your next two here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to sink your battleship. Oklahoma. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to go right up the bread basket. All right. Uh, not a euphemism. And <laughs> I'm going to go with Nebraska and Kansas as my final two back-to-back guesses. So those neither of those are on here. I do have I do have both the Oklahoma State Fair as well as the Tulsa State Fair. So I guess I kind of messed my list up a little bit. Mm-hmm. But Tulsa State Fair is larger than the Oklahoma City State Fair, which is yeah, ironic. that's yes. So some of the the most attended state fair in the entire country is the Minnesota State Fair, apparently by population though. Nope, overall. Overall, apparently it has a larger attendance than than the Texas State Fair. This is what per Wikipedia. Hey. That's I'll what tr- I saw. I'll trust the researcher. I just... Which means that 37.9% of the state's population attends that fair. And then the top 
rounding out the top three, we've got Alaska. No, that's with cheating. 300,000 people attend the Alaska State Fair, which is 40% of the population. And then North Dakota also has a very popular state fair. Yeah. I guess that kind of makes sense because it's like, what, what else? else are you going to do? Yeah. It's like the big event that everyone right. goes to. So kind of what a state fair should be, I guess. Like the that's what it used to together be. of the whole state. Yeah. Yeah. That is interesting. And an interesting way to look at it like by population. Yeah. Wikipedia had the column, so I was like, let's do it. Uh-huh. Sounds good to me. Uh, Click on that blue text. You have one for me. I do. All right. So earlier this week, uh, this is a long one, so strap in. All right. Er- earlier this week, Oakley released a new face shield for the American football face mask that would um, essentially go past the typical like eye covers and would right. also cover the mouth. That way mm-hmm. they can hopefully uh, you know, have some sort of NFL season coming up and also protect the the safety and the health of the players from COVID, not so much concussions. So my question to you is, in what year was the face mask introduced to the American Football League in an effort to reduce injuries? Face mask introduced. So you're saying like the first person to wear a face mask, not mandated. Ooh, that's a good clarification. I Surely it was mandated. Okay, because I know that there were a few people that wore them because they had, you know, broken their jaw or broke their nose, so they were trying to protect their face in a certain way, but it was not at all mandatory to wear. But I don't know the specific year, so it really doesn't matter, so I'm just going to have to guess. Fair. Um, So you want the year face masks were introduced to the NFL? I will say— I do—yeah, I will say I don't think they were required. So there were some people that were just like, no face mask for me, and it's like, all right. 19— 60. 50. 1950. Okay. All right. Good guess. Good guess. I don't feel bad about it, but yeah. You shouldn't be. You shouldn't You shouldn't feel bad about that at all. Um, so the, the next follow-up is all about football and face masks. So a lot of different designs. You have the, the quarterbacks have more visibility. The mm-hmm. Some of those linemen have ridiculous 1,000 bars going across their face. Yeah. Um, but originally... The the first face mask was just a single bar, right? Or I guess it was a horizontal, a single horizontal bar. They were allowed up until 2004. But players before then, if you're mm-hmm. already in the NFL, you were grandfathered in. Yes. Yep. So my question to you is, who was the last Ugh, player? You're gonna ask this. That rocked a single bar face mask. Dang it! I can picture him. Because I know he played, I think he played for the Vikings. Ooh, I only have his last. He's a kicker. He's a kicker. He's a kicker. Um, Ooh, he knows it. Oh, it's on the tip of his well, tongue. Well, they're the people that, you know, they have the longest career, so it makes sense that they'd be grandfathered in for the longest. But um, Right, that's fair. So his career was Arizona Cardinals, Cleveland Browns, and then New England Patriots. Oh, so he didn't even, I'm completely wrong. That he played his his final year was 2009. So yeah, his last NFL team was the the New England Patriots. Kind of, I guess he signed with the New England Patriots on April 18th, 2008, and then he was released on June 12th, 2008. Yeah, so no no games. Yeah, he but was he was just, on the team. He just I made like what probably hundred thousand dollars for I doing. I cannot nothing. remember. I cannot remember his name. It's a very fitting name for a professional athlete. I know it's not Morton Anderson, but. I'll just guess him. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, Scott Player. Scott Player. 
Scott Player was the last individual in the NFL to wear a single bar face mask. Nice. Yeah. And like you said, punter. Uh, final face mask question. This one should be easy. You okay. should get this. You're a fan of NFL. Okay. <laughs> what is the penalty for committing a face mask? How many yards, you mean? Yeah. At 15? 15 yard penalty, unless it's committed by the defense. Then it's a 15-yard penalty and an automatic first down. Oh, yeah. Little caveat. But yeah, 15-yard penalty. I like that. I like that question. Scott Player. Scott Player. I remember that. Last player. I was so disappointed when I found out he was a punter. Like I, well, I, mean, I wanted him to be some sort of like badass center. Probably the just, last like normal, normal position player would have been like a quarterback. I'm trying to think. Right. But I was hoping like back in 2009, there's some just like huge jacked clearly roided out middle linebacker that's just like no care in the world and just has the single bar 1952 leatherhead helmet out there with all these people it's like i don't need your pansy i just looked it up and per si.com the last non-kicker to wear a single bar was washington nfl team joe theisman in 1985 he retired so 1985 it would have been so cool to see. Like, I'm imagining some guy, like, you know, that the lower lip is just, like, stuck out with a little bit of tobacco in there. He's just, like, big old mustache, just, just straight out of 1947. And he's just, he went from the trenches to 2009, and he's just taking off people's heads. That's what I wanted. But instead, I got Scott Player, the punter. <laughs> moving on. We are moving on to the United States has executed a federal prisoner. For the first time in 17 years this week. I saw that. I saw the news story. Do you know his name? The guy that they executed? I know he had a neck tattoo, which kind of made sense. Oh, okay. Um, no, I don't. I didn't Because I looked at it and I was like, oh, I could ask Demo a question about about this. And yeah. then I was like, I don't know how I, how I would word the question. So I Yeah, I guess I didn't even really have a question other than asking his name. But I've got some follow-ups for you. Okay. Um so his his name was Daniel Lee. Oh, that's right. He is convicted of killing three people, part of a broader racketeering scheme to fund a white supremacist cause. So it's kind of a strange case. But um, got that Wayfair account. Seventeen years ago, they last ed- executed a federal prisoner. Do you know the last person they executed? His name? Their name? Yeah, sure. I don't want to. I don't want to gender anybody. Um. I don't know the last person. You know, creep. I would much rather not know it than you'd be like, who was the last person executed? And I was just like, boom, bam, I know their name. Yeah. I mean, it probably was big news. It was a little before. 17 like, years ago? It was, well, yeah, but it was a little before like we would have been following the news. But I think yeah. maybe older people would. His name is Lewis Jones. And okay. he was convicted of the rape and murder of Private Tracy McBride. It doesn't. It's just disgusting. He kidnapped her from like an army base. It was a big. You know, obviously a big deal because she was Yay, like, humans. They were both in the military and it was like a big military investigation and then he got convicted. So he was the last guy that was federally executed. How was he executed? Both of them, all of the most recent ones have been lethal injection. Lethal yeah. I think that's the safest the like the most guaranteed non like torturous, most humane. Well, this week there was a ruling that allowed the execution of Daniel Lee to go forward. Daniel Lee. Yeah. But prior to that, in the 70s, there was like a f- couple of trials, a series of trials that basically ruled that lethal injection was the only 
form of punishment that could be used that was not deemed cruel and unusual, which is yeah. stipulated See, it, in the Constitution. But Yeah, I have a very opposing idea to that. And oh, boy. If you do something so terrible that people are considering taking your life because you no longer deserve to be on this earth with everyone else, you should go out in the same way that you... And whatever you did to cause you to be in that position in your life in which you are now being put to death. So don't do terrible things and terrible things won't happen to you. I tend to agree, but why don't we just have like some sort of like super non, like just like a freaking walled in prison with just super high walls that are 30, 40 feet sheer concrete. Okay. And then just once a week, you just drop off food. Well, that's kind of what prison is. You just described prison. <laughs> no, but like, but like, it's just like a, it's just like a, like there, but there's no guards. Whatever happens in there happens in there. And honestly, like with the American people, you could probably put it on TV and they would eat it up. Call me NBC. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, so after that, uh, uplifting trivia question, kind of, uh, I'm going to, you got one for me back. I have one more for you. Excellent. Uh, it's a quick one. All right. Calling the Bay of San Diego home. The USS Bonhomme Richard, a WASP-class amphibious assault ship, caught okay. fire after oh. an explosion earlier this week Yep. Uh, while it was being maintained in port. She is the third naval ship to bear this name. Can you tell me what is the translation of Bonhomme Richard and which U.S. founding father is the name meant to pay respect to? What's the name? USS Bonhomme Richard. Like B-O-N-H-O-L-M? B-O-N-H-O-M-M-E. Bonhomme Richard. That mm-hmm. sounds, that looks French to me. Okay. To my eye. All right. You said founding father? Yes. Mm. I did say that. I can't think of a founding father with the name Richard, but it must have been some It's kind a of... stretch. Don't. It's not a direct. Yeah, yeah. It's a nickname or some other name that was applied to them, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Stay with that. Some other name applied to them. Some other name associated with them. Is there any founding father associated with the name Richard? Oh, uh, Ben Franklin, yeah. It is Ben Franklin. Like poor Richard's almanac kind of thing? Exactly. Um, And then Bon Home, which sounds like my French accent isn't coming (laughs) over clear on the microphone, translates to good man Richard, which was just a way to pay... Pay homage to good old Benny. Yeah. Um, he had some ties to France as well, so that kind of makes sense. Yeah, at the time of the first um, ship naming, I believe he was the French diplomat. Hmm. So that's why it all it all comes together. It's a bit of a stretch. Makes sense. Anyway, as I said in that question, that long-winded question, it's a WASP-class amphibious assault ship. Uh-huh. What vehicle can be found on the deck of a naval assault ship if it is labeled wasp class like you want a specific or just like the type of vehicle helicopter is what i'm saying <laughs> you nailed it it is helicopter and oh. i so i did a little bit more research and i think so i think an amphibious assault ship is different than a air carrier and this is all speculation because i had a hard time understanding wikipedia speculation <laughs> not speculation this is my understanding just, of what yeah, i read yeah. got it yeah sorry yeah not speculation no, I, understood. I understood i could be wrong is what i'm saying um so an, an assault ship is a aircraft carrier that has been adjusted to have a wet deck, which is okay. like whenever you can dock a 
boat onto a boat. Is that yep. Like it's, yep. Okay. And so I think a wasp class ship is ha- it has the wet deck in the back, and it has the ability to launch ships off the deck. So in this case, it's a helicopter. So it's like a wasp. I think that's I, I think that's my understanding is that like it can fly off the top, and then the sting comes from the back. Okay. I don't know if that's their thought process in naming it, but that's how I took it. Boats in the back, ships in the front. Yeah, that's what Wasps. I'm saying. Uh, the naval mullet, I believe, is what they should be called. But anyway, I thought that was interesting. Wasp-class <laughs> ship carries helicopters. Very good. Thank you. Okay. My final one, a bit of a cheat. It's a bit of old news, but we didn't talk about it last week. So which NFL quarterback broke records last week by signing the largest sports contract in history? Patrick Mahomes. Matrick Pahomes, indeed, uh, signed a deal for worth up to $503 million with $477 million guaranteed. That's so much money. Kansas City Chiefs. So I want you to name for me who held the record prior to this of the largest sports contract. Ooh. Oh, sports? Yeah, sports, all sports, largest okay. single contract signed. I don't know if this is right or not, but it's a guess that I'm happy with. Yeah. And I believe it was Bryce Harper. I know he had a, he did a freaking beast of a contract when he first signed, like three or four years ago. Bryce Harper is actually number four. Ooh. Okay. So like I said, I'm on the list. I'm happy with myself. Bryce Harper, Manny Machado, and Mike Trout, who actually has the largest contract ever. They all signed. You don't know who Mike Trout is. I don't know know who Mike Trout (laughs) is. Mike Trout's like the biggest guy in baseball, but the kind of big joke is like, no one knows who Mike Trout is, but he oh. just signed like the biggest. Scott player. They all signed. They all signed three hundred plus million dollar contracts last season or the beginning of last season. Okay. So Mike Trout signed a four hundred twenty six and a half million dollar contract with the Los Angeles Angels for twelve years. Hmm. And you said Bryce Harper. He's number four, and then Manny Machado. I mentioned. You did. The list of top ten is Patrick Mahomes, American football. Mike Trout, number two. And then number three is boxing. Do you want to guess who that was? He signed Ooh. a five-year deal worth $365 million in 2018 with DAZN streaming service. 2018. Yep. I want to see my, my mind goes to Floyd Money Mayweather. Right. But that's kind of towards the end of his career because he came out of retirement to do the whole boxing match with um yeah exactly a little bit yeah a little past his quote-unquote prime even though um the only other guest i have is is manny pacquiao and that's just the only boxer that i know so yeah both those guys a little too old yeah the guy that this is talking about canelo alvarez i know i know the name alvarez but so he signed uh the third largest contract in sports history and then the rest of the list is just baseball players that makes sense yeah um, baseball is such a such a safe i mean it's a what 12 10 year 15 year sport yeah and it's just been big for so long that um i don't know there's just a lot more money in it it seems like sometimes i wonder what the contracts would look like if they ever we're going to kind of switch gears into more of a sports related podcast here but i wonder if there was ever some way to like team up golf if you could sign for a team with golf like you could essentially sign a 35 year contract at the age of 22 and still be like you know you could sign a yeah i mean that's just that's the equivalent of what patrick mahomes is doing he signed a 12 year 
here he's on a 12-year contract right now he signed a 10-year extension but it's like that's basically his entire career essentially like yeah speaking of america's pastime yes baseball the so i've got this information about baseball salaries from the society of american baseball research have you ever heard of that no you may have heard of it in the acronym saber like saber metrics okay nope still not I'm not big into the nerdum of baseball. Baseball is a lot nerdier than I am. You may have heard the term sabermetrics, but that comes from the SABR, Society for American Baseball Research. So I've got a list here, and I'm going to say a salary milestone, first player to earn over X number, and I want to see if you can name the player. Oh, I will not be able to, but we can try. I think you could get, well, we'll see. First player to earn over $10,000 per year. This was in 1913. Just name an old baseball player. Babe Ruth. Good guess. I'll take it. It's a little bit older. Ty Cobb. Uh, he wasn't the guy. Was he the guy? No, he wasn't the guy that uh, <laughs> Paul Rudd played in The Catcher Who Was a Spy. I don't know. First baseball player to earn over $100,000. You know who that might have been? This is in 1949. 1949. I'm gonna. I've only got one. Uh, one guess. I only got one old baseball player. Um, 49. Yeah, I can give you his nickname. Yeah, Jolton Joe. Doesn't help. Uh, Joe Maggio. (laughs) Joe DiMaggio. Yes. And then this one you might be able to get the first baseball player to earn over a million dollars per year in 1979. He's uh, a big. These are all big names. I know they're all big names. I just yeah. don't know them. Um, he's from like Texas. Seventy nine. Was it Nolan Ryan? It was Nolan Ryan. Nolan Ryan. Out of boy. So there you go. Hmm. See how much of that. So now we're gonna move on. You, you're done, right? You don't have any more questions, or I was gonna say it's Moberg. Um, the Moberg was is the movie that Paul Rudd played. Whatever. Go on. It's a good movie. I'm done. What was it? Never mind. It doesn't matter. I'll talk to you later. Now we're going to move on to the the next segment of the show. Do you know what the next segment of the show is, Hibs? I believe it's Rapid Fire Trivia. Rapid Fire Trivia. So this is stuff that I found this week that I didn't feel like was worth discussing in detail, but we're just going to rattle them off Rapid Fire. I've got four questions for you this week, Hibs. Here we go. Question one. Donald Trump was seen for the first time doing what this week? Wearing a mask. Wearing a mask in public. President Donald Trump wore a mask during a visit to Walter Reed National Military Medical Center on Saturday. I have no desire to know what kind of masks he wears in private. I don't. Well, and I think there was pictures of him wearing them like outside of like public events, but this is the first time it was like he was mm. like he was walking somewhere and there were photographers that were supposed to be there. And As if we couldn't recognize him without. <laughs> well, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Question 2. Yes. For the first time in the history of the province, a Quebec man has been charged with what crime? In the history of the province. Yes. I'm going to go with something obscure. Oh, yeah. I don't know. It's, it's Canadian. It could be like really, you know, he could have like jaywalked. I'm going to go with jaywalked. <laughs> it's a little bit, it's something a little bit more, uh, a little bit worse than that. A 62-year-old man has become the first Quebecer to be arrested by the, uh, Royal Canadian Mounted Police on charges of advocating genocide following a brief investigation into disturbing online posts in which he allegedly called for the death of Prime Minister Justin Trudeau in addition to encouraging the eradication of Muslims. But I bet he uses that crosswalk. 
Question Dang. three. That was actually, I want to back it up for a second. Yes. I thought that was a good guess because who do you know actually gets it's an obscure convicted law. of that? Yeah. yeah. Go on. Question three. For the first time in its 132-year history, which New York City deli known for its pastrami sandwiches is adding outdoor seating in response to COVID-19? New York City deli? Like a famous New York City deli? Oh, man. I don't. I feel like I should know this. I love New York City, but I oh. can't think of. It's a, pers- it's a last name. Well, German Jewish last name. So every deli in New York City. <laughs> well, I'm just, <laughs> just trying to narrow it down a little for you. Okay. I don't know. Sandberg's. That's not it. But I'm not a good, just... not a bad guess. Cats. Cats's Deli. Cats's Deli. It's one of one of the oldest restaurants in New York, and probably the oldest deli is what I found. But mm. no, I couldn't back that up. Okay, number four. A report by Russian business website rbc indicates that exports of which commodity will outsell natural gas for the first time since at least 1994 so is it out of russia yes sorry so okay i just want to make sure i know you, you made it clear i just wanted to make russian sure commodity exports for the first time this commodity will outsell natural gas in terms of total Man. value i don't know it's russia so i'm gonna go with like adidas wife beaters that's not really a commodity. Gold chains. What? Gold. Gold. <laughs> Gold. You know what a commodity? You know what a commodity is? Well, like what defines a commodity? I didn't really know. I had to look it up. Well, I mean, I'm just kind of kicking myself now because I remember reading a lot that, like, for the first time since like 2000, I think one, it was like gold is selling at, at its highest mm. market value. Yeah. And I remember reading that, and so I was gonna like guess gold. But I decided to make a joke instead because I didn't really know. And yeah. uh, it was gold. Now. <laughs> I had to look up what, based on my understanding of the usage of the word, I was like, okay, I kind of know what a commodity means. Mm-hmm. Not sure. So I looked it up and it's a good or economic service that has full or substantial. And then it uses this word fungibility. Do you know what that means? The ability to be funged? It basically just means that you can swap it for an equivalent of it and no one will know the difference like a pound of gold is a pound of gold regardless of who produces it oh okay so if a good has fungibility it's considered a commodity so like gold natural gas anything like that wheat Hmm. yeah i would have if i had to define that word i would have said something that was like required for human basic human need yeah it's kind of like a raw material yeah so that's not a bad definition either but anyway but i wouldn't put gold as a basic human need oh yeah i guess not so anyway that's all I have for rapid fire. Interesting. Yeah. Not terrible. Now we're going to move on to our hot seat segment of the show. So this is where Hibbs and I have chosen topics to study that we wanted to know more about. We're going to take turns asking each other questions about those topics to see how much our week of studying the topic has paid off. So Hibbs, last week, do you want to describe the topic that you chose? I chose... The oh-so-exciting topic of Barbie. Barbie. I had a minor panic attack right then because I was like, did he pick Barbie? Because <laughs> I just wrote all these questions on it. But you did. So that's cool. I did. I chose Barbie as suggested by listener Nick Claypool. So thank you, Nick. And I had a fantastic time learning a little bit more about this plastic female. Um, it was fantastic. And <laughs> I'm excited to see what questions you've come up with come up with for me. And... Uh, Hopefully I do. Hopefully I do right by Nick. Hopefully All Nick right. learned some stuff. 
yeah, let's uh, let's just jump right in. So let's do I've it. got five questions, six questions. Sorry. Oh, Hibs. Yes. You are on the hot seat. Okay. For Barbies. Yes. Your softball question. Barbie is a fashion doll manufactured by which American toy company? That would be Martell. It's Mattel. Mattel? I'm pretty Mattel. sure in there. <laughs> Mattel, Inc. The doll debuted Mattel. at the American International Toy Fair in New York in March of 1959. Yes. It sold over a billion dolls since then, making it the company's largest and most profitable line. Yes. Mattel. Mattel. Meh. You got it. March 9th, to be exact. Okay. Just saying. Next question here is a multiple choice. A little bit of a fun one. Different. Well, let's have some fun. So I'm going to describe to you three different Barbie variations. Oh, yes. And I want you to tell me which of them are real and yep. which are ones that I just made up. Absolutely. So I've these, got three. I've got three here. These were oddly racist, I found. So okay. let's bring it on. <laughs> so your first one is Oreo Fun Barbie, who was marketed as someone that young girls could play with and share America's favorite cookie. Mattel manufactured both a black and white version, but critics argued that the term Oreo is a derogatory term, meaning black on the outside and white on the inside. The doll was unsuccessful, and Mattel recalled the unsold stock. That was real. That was a real Barbie. That was a real Barbie. You are correct. Very good. It was a real Barbie. Yeah, some of this. Yeah, we'll get into it more later, but yes, that was a real Barbie. Okay, Barbie number two. Mm -hmm. Cadet Barbie, who was sold as a role model for girls wanting to enter the, enter the military. The toy included a pink radio and field makeup kit, but it received backlash from the Office of Army Public Affairs for, quote, making light of the service that women provide our armed forces, end quote. Oh, man, if that is fake, you did such a good job. Um, I think it's fake because I don't... I'm going to go fake, final answer. I don't remember coming across a military Barbie. It was fake. I just I made Man, that one up. That was so good. That quote was the the way you the way you phrased um, like combat zone makeup kit or whatever whatever like exact word you field used. Field makeup kit. Field makeup field. Yes, that was okay. You've been playing a lot of Warzone. I see. All right, last last one here. We've got Teen Talk Barbie, which spoke several random phrases, including "Will we ever have enough clothes?" and "I love shopping." But one of the phrases was, math class is tough. And although only a small fraction of the dolls included the phrase, it led to criticism from the American Association of University Women. That is 100% correct. That is a true Barbie. You're correct. You're correct. Math class is tough. Math class is tough. Will we ever have enough clothes? Well, if you maybe went to a math class, you would have an account. Very good, Hibs. Three for three. I tried to sneak in Cadet Barbie, but... You were not fooled. Like I said, that was a good one, but I don't remember anything about Cadet Barbie. All right, here we go. In June of 2001, MGA Entertainment launched a series of dolls that gave Barbie her first serious competition in the fashion doll market. What was the name of this line of fashion dolls? You said MGA, correct? Yeah. I'm pretty sure, I'm like 85% confident that it's Bratz. Final answer. Bratz with a Z. With a Z. got it. Yep. Yep. In December 2006, Mattel sued MGA for $500 million, alleging that Bratz's creator uh, was working for Mattel when he developed the idea for Bratz. 
eventually, MGA was ordered to forfeit the entire Bratz brand, but then there was a counter lawsuit and that ruling was overturned. So it's kind of been this legal battle back and forth in the fashion doll market. Quite the cutthroat industry. Yeah, I was reading through it and it was like, like, yeah, it was dismissed before it ever really got to court or something like that. And then, like, as you keep reading, it's like, and then all of a sudden, Mattel had to pay Bratz fifty million dollars in lawyer's fees. Yeah, and I was it just like, Wait, kept what? going. It just kept going. Yeah. So, but so what'd you get for naming your dolls Bratz? Bratz. Bratz. Okay, here we go. Uh, as part of Barbie's media franchise, Mattel has created a fictional biography for Barbie, including her on and off romantic relationship with boyfriend Ken. And her parents, George and Margaret. Yep. But mm-hmm. what is Barbie's full given name? Oh, no. <laughs> okay. Barbara? Oh, come on, Austin, think. I'm hung up on the middle name because I know. It's, I think it's Millicent. Pretty sure it's Millicent. Oh, come on. Come on. Uh, Hadler. Barbara Mills and Hadler is my guess. Hadler has a reason to it if it's not right. That's my full guess. So her name, Barbara Millicent Roberts. Roberts. Full given name. Ruth Hadler is the creator of Barbara. Ah, That's why I went with that. There was a logic there. It was a a guess. Yes. So what was it? Barbara Millicent Roberts. Roberts. How am I going to get... Middleton, Roberts. I don't know, because that's a unique name, and Roberts is pretty generic. But Yep. Okay, moving on. In 1967, Mattel released the first of many Barbie dolls based on celebrity likenesses. Who was the first celebrity doll based on? I believe it was a model, and if, if this isn't, isn't her exact name, it's close to it, but it's okay. like uh, Twiggy? Tw- yeah. Twiggy is my final answer. Yeah. <laughs> Good. Yeah. Dame Leslie Lawson, an English model, an actress, widely known by the nickname Twiggy, was the first celebrity to receive her own Barbie doll based on her. Yep. Samurai, don't know it. Such knowledge of Barbie dolls. Lisa Frank and Barbie, though, all about that life. Okay, here we go. Yep. This is the final question that I had written. In 1992, Mattel released the best-selling Barbie doll in history, selling more than 10 million units from 1992 until 1995. What was the name of this Barbie? I believe it was either, I think it's, I can't remember if it's Totally or Total, but I'm pretty sure it's Total Hair Barbie or Totally Hair Barbie. Best-selling Barbie of the whole, like, shebang. Yeah, Totally Hair Barbie. It's the best-selling Barbie of all time. 10 million in sales. So there you go. That was it. That was essentially a clean, clean sweep. Essentially, I mean, I threw a <laughs> random R in there in Mattel. Other than a couple of mispronunciations and not knowing Barbie's last name, not bad. I would have gotten it in a multiple choice, I think, because yeah. it would have been Millicent. Hips, you are off the Barbie hot seat. Oh man, I didn't even feel like well it was done. a hot seat because I freaking knew it for some reason. But yeah, what I was gonna say is like the racist sub Barbies, subcategory yes. Barbies, is like controversial Barbies. Her friends are named Stephen, Blaine, Midge, yeah. Hispanic Teresa. <laughs> like, I don't what? know if that's her official names. That was just like the name that described them. But yeah, I don't know. I don't, Hispanic yeah, I don't Teresa. Know. Yeah. But yeah, her and Ken's relationship has been, you know, I thought that was living in it. It was on and off, on and off. And look at her going after a younger guy, the cougar. Who knew Barbie was a cougar? I've got a question that was going to be your extreme question, but I thought it was like, kind of ridiculous 
but maybe not. Sure. Uh, try it. Let's see. Let's see. Can you name Barbie's seven siblings? Oh, I couldn't. I couldn't. Um, <laughs> it, I know there's. I know, I know there's two twins, but like one went missing for a while and then came back and was like renamed. So that's kind of a weird thing. I can't even think of any off the top of my head. I have them written down here, but I don't. Yeah. So in order of introduction, we've got Skipper, the twins, Todd and Tootie. Todd's Barbie's only brother. Todd and Tootie? See, I have Todd and Stacy. So Stacy oh. went away well, and came so back. Well, so I got Tootie, and then I've got Stacy as well, and then Kelly, okay. Chelsea, Chrissy. And also, I also have Francie Fairchild, which is, I think, her cousin sure. in the UK. Cool. Kill me. <laughs> Pretty much nailed that. That was good. Okay. Let's, uh, I don't know. Do you have anything else you want to share about Barbies, or should we just move on? Um... Yeah, we can just move on. That was a fun topic to write questions for, I will say. So, I felt like a creep looking up Barbies on the train to work. <laughs> People would have thought it was the trench coat without anything underneath it. It was actually the fact that I was looking up Barbie. Brunts. All, All right. right. So, <laughs> very good hips. We're going to move on to my hot seat topic for this week, which was suggested by listener JP. And mm-hmm. he suggested uh, world fairs and exhibitions or expositions maybe who knows but I uh i researched this watched some videos took a lot of notes big topic we'll see how i do before yeah before i put you in that hot seat you're not you're not there yet oh yeah how how do you feel you did on this research Heike, there was this is a, i think a samurai topic this was this well so here here is my what how are you feeling i approached it as okay read the wikipedia page Always a smart start. About the history and kind of overall stuff. And then I watched a little quick video that went through like the history of the major ones to know, like the top 10 or so that were like notable. Okay. And then I know that some products and inventions have like appeared first at World Fair. So I started looking up lists of those and I started writing down notable inventions and stuff. And tried to remember what World Fair that they come up at or like... And then the final thing I kind of looked at was like what buildings were associated with certain fairs because that's another like legacy thing about world Fair. fairs is like the fairgrounds themselves or like the buildings that were built for them. So mm-hmm. those were the things that I tried to hit because I thought those might come up as topics. But okay, well, those are all good. I tried. I tried to like put myself in your shoes and think about what you would be researching that way. I think so. I have. I have the. I have just the typical. What was it five? Typical five. I think you'll do. I think you'll get. I think you'll get two for sure. Okay. <laughs> I think a third, given your ability to guess, I think is going to be pretty good. So I'm shooting for three. That's the yeah. goal. All right. Yeah. Sounds good. Sounds like. If a you point. get more, if you get four, I'll be so impressed. Wow. But however, Demo, enough mucking about. Whoa. You're on the hot seat. Okay. Here's your softball level question. Oh God. Huh? Where is the largest state fair held in the United States? Kind of a full circle. We kind of already touched on this a little bit. Why are we talking about state fairs if it's the world's fair? Was it the world's? I thought it was fairs of the world. So we've, we'll see what happens. Largest, what did you say? Largest state fair? This might be a first trivia rewrite uh, Uh-oh. communication error. Uh-oh. Okay. So, well, the, the number that I saw said that the Minnesota State Fair was the most attended state fair as of like 2019. I think this is the largest as far as land area. Oh, I Come mean, on, man. I it's guess, a softball. I guess it's, the Texas State Fair. There you I go. Guess, Texas, but, baby. 
Yes, the Texas State Fair. Um, like largest area? I think so, yeah. <laughs> We're just... going to be in trouble. <laughs> I think so, yeah. Okay, um, all right, let's see. Carry on. I'm sorry, man. No, we're good. This was a... No, it'll be interesting. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> um, your easy question. Okay. What famous structure was built in Paris, France for the 1889 World Fair with the intention of it being torn down, but never was? The Eiffel Tower. Yes, I that believe. is correct. What tourist attraction found in Seattle, Washington was built for the 1962 World Fair? That would be the Space Needle. Space Needle. Look at you. Yeah. I'll count those as, those as two. Those are two easy questions. You don't have you've... to pit me. <laughs> I feel like I have to if I've written Uh-oh. questions All that right. weren't World Fair exactly. I thought they were fairs of the world, <laughs> not World Fairs. <laughs> International Fairs is what I researched. Well, that's pretty good. Maybe we'll hit some of the same stuff and carry on. Oktoberfest. Oh, okay. The famous beer drinking festival held each year in Munich, Germany, used to end on the first Sunday of October. But as of 1994, the festival now ends on October 3rd. What holiday is celebrated in Germany that now marks the end of Oktoberfest? This is the one that I was iffy on. I was like, well, Demo's, Demo's a good trivia guesser. German holiday. 1994 is when they started oh uh, i will when they started ending <laughs> i get a german reunification day that's correct yeah see you were guessing and you knew it 100%. well you hinted me there thank you yes i mean it was in the question it wasn't really a hint it was yeah yeah emphasis i got it okay em- yes fairs of the world let's ke- keep going all right let's get bit back back to world fair okay perfect hard okay and <laughs> What city is home to the organization that was established in 1928 mm-hmm. whose responsibility is governing and regulating all world fairs? And bonus questions, if you can tell me, or bonus points, I guess not bonus questions, bonus points if you can give me the name of the organization. Bureau of International Expos? Expositions? Something like that? BIE? Okay. Where's that its the, home base? Yeah, I gotta just guess. It's an English name. Well, probably in... London, if I had to guess, because that's like where the first one was, but I don't know. It is Paris, with the actual name being Bureau International de Desespiciones, whatever. I should have guessed that, you know. That's all right. But I I read the the English name, so I was like, oh, it must be an English thing. Anyway. Mm, That's fair. Translations that do that. All those organizations like that are French. FIFA. Yeah, dude. France parties and kicks balls. Um, (laughs) So that's your easy, medium, hard. Your extreme... (laughs) Uh-huh. You're extreme. I have to apologize. We go off the deep end here. Okay. Because this is not World Fair related at all. These are fairs of the world. <laughs> and again, I can only feel somewhat responsible. Let's Maybe I know it just offhandedly. Yeah. I mean, we're going to read them for sure because they're interesting. All right. Uh, four questions. Here we go. The <laughs> Blackwater International Festival held in Devon, England is a festival centered around the charming of what animal? Well, like a black adder snake? Oh, good guess. Worm. Smaller. Okay. Still legless. Oh, Wotan. Okay, yeah. I can see that. Yeah. They uh, Each team is given like a one square meter part Worm of the charming. And you try to charm those worms. The only rule is you can't dig them up. You break that rule, you get put in the stocks. This is, this is a real fair. I think we're planning out our next vacation together as we go through these. Uh-huh. Carry on. All right. Question number two, your extreme level question. 
Each year in Castrillo de Murcello in Spain, a festival by the name of El Cochalo, held annually since 1620, has individuals dressed up as devils run around town and leap over what in an attempt of cleansing them of their original sin. El Cochalo? Uh, Coracho, I think I mispronounced it on the first spell, Can you spell it? Does that is that a translation of what they're jumping over? C O L A C H O, Colacho. Jumping over what? To so they're jumping over something that had original sin, or they're trying to get rid of their own original sin by jumping over a thing. They're jumping over something that had original sin. These are adult men that dress up as devils and then leap over something. They're like fiancés. Oh, that's a good guess. It's babies. Oh, okay. Family <laughs> babies members. that have been born in the last year. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Jumped over by random men. That's a better guess. I should have guessed that. There's just like, it's like a hurdle. Not even a hurdle. It's like, it looks like... um. Oh, you don't even jump over your own kid? No, it's just random. People just walk out and just like lay their babies. Oh, boy. And it's like, it's like a mattress. There's like four kids they're trying to clear. <laughs> the video is amazing. We gotta, we'll tweet out the video that I watched about it and it is mind blowing. <laughs> Okay. I have two more. Do you want to? Okay. Yeah, let's just go. Keep going. Let's just ask him. I'll be quick. All right. Uh, Noche de Rabanos is a festival held each December in Oaxaca, Mexico. Uh-huh. The festival is used as artists, as an ability for artists to show off their ability to carve what vegetable? Rabanos? Mm-hmm. Rabanos. R-A-B-A-N-O-S. Radishes. Radishes. Correct. Nicely Oof. done. Good guess, good guess. Didn't even study. Look at you. Yeah, it's like the equivalent whenever you walk in and they're like, all right, welcome to the test on chapter four. Chapter four? I thought it was chapter three. Radishes. Okay, cool. Yes. I've, yeah, I've heard that's a, that was like what people used to do before pumpkins became popular. You used to carve radishes. I think I would like that better because you would just carve. You don't have to clean. Yeah, maybe. I'm not a pumpkin seed guy my, myself. Yeah, I mean, you just throw most of it out anyway. So. All right, in Tokyo, Japan. A festival by the name of Nakisomo is held. In this strange pastime, two sumo wrestlers are each given a toddler prior to entering the ring. Okay. Rather than defeating the other wrestler in a test of strength, what must each sumo wrestler attempt to accomplish? Nakisoto. Nakisumo. Nakisumo, sorry. Um, they have to do something. So they're not knocking each other out of the ring. and They have to do something. And they've been brought in with a child. Yes. A toddler. Oh, a toddler. Like a baby baby. It's not like, yeah, they're like holding it. Change the diaper of the child. Oh, I like that guess, but it's make the opposing baby cry. Yeah. The way- okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. And that's that's it. I can only apologize for this. <laughs> How would I have researched that? <laughs> I mean, I guess I could have. It was an extreme a- level question. No, no. Well, I mean, like the... If if the topic was fairs of the world, I feel like it would have been very difficult to research every single fair in the world. Right. That's why when I was doing the research, you're off the hot seat, by the way. Thank you. But whenever I was doing the research, I was like, oh, man, Demo's in for it because how is he going to be researching this? Well, now I know that you weren't. Maybe we can revisit this one. I don't know. Yeah, I feel like you've done the research. So, I mean, that's fair. We can do a... Well, we'll we don't have to. Whatever. Let's just pick new topics this week. So... Uh, next week, Hibbs, you mentioned that you had decided on a, a topic that you wanted to research for next week. Yes. Next week, I am going to, and I want to be clear about this, so we don't have any issues. No more 
World Fairs. No more World Fair debacles. Not debacles. Yes, thank you. Um, miscommunications. Yep. We need to we need to get on the same wavelength here. Got it. I am going to do the Star Wars films, specifically the prequels. Episodes one, two, and three. Episodes one, two. The ones that had Ewan McGregor in them. Yep. Okay, great. And then I'm going to take a listener-suggested topic, disc golf, as suggested by Nick Claypool. So those are the topics for next week. Do you want to break down disc golf a little more, just the sport in general, anything you don't want me to ask you? I don't think so. I think we can go pretty broad i mean okay i don't think there's that much that would be like researchable okay we like this segment we like the hot seat segment and these two topics were suggested by listeners if you have a hot seat topic or any topic that you think could work well as a hot seat topic and would like to hear us do it please send us a tweet at trivia rewrites on twitter or send us an email to trivia rewrites at gmail.com um speaking of twitter we got a tweet from, well, I guess just a mention from Zach, and he said, uh, congrats on the five out of the six, Hibs. Uh, I feel it's appropriate to do something about the Olympics that were supposed to be happening right now. Olympics are canceled. I did see that they were holding the first events in like the Olympic Stadium in Japan. Like They were having other events in there for the first time, like track and field mm. events. So nice. there you go. I mentioned it, but... <laughs> I don't. Yeah, happy Zach. Jesus. Maybe man. that could be a future hot seats segment. Olympics. What did he say? Congrats on the what? Five out of six, because you uh, you did I quite did. well on last week's hot seat. Uh, check the email. We don't have an email this week, so hmm. just waiting. Our inbox is getting kind of dusty, kind of lonely. Oh, we did get a question actually from Nick, listener Nick Claypool. Okay. He asked, what was your favorite hot seat segment to research? I know I'm kind of just throwing this to you on the spot. Oh, this is on the spot. No pre-interview? He was going to ask me. I meant to mention it at the beginning of the show. but um, My favorite? To research or answer questions or make question about? Well, I mean, regardless if, regardless if I'm in the hot seat or if I'm, answer, or if I'm making the questions, I still got to do the research. Um, you know, I really did. I really did enjoy. We keep referencing it just because it was a terrible performance on my part but i really did enjoy and i'm interested in the samurai because it's such a japanese cultural icon so that was interesting stuff but it was just it was just way too much for a trivia what about you you guys gonna i enjoyed well i enjoyed the texas state history which was like way back like the first first one yeah it was the first one that you like assigned to me i think Right. But I just liked learning about the history of uh, the state that I hadn't really done a deep dive into. And then R- I did... Remember the Alamo and what else? What else are... What Goliath. Else you gotta, yep. And then I did really enjoy writing this Barbie trivia. I liked writing, coming up with a fake Barbie and trying to make that sound real. So that was enjoyable. It was an enjoyable topic to write questions about because I just knew it sounded... <laughs> a lot of them were just funny to write. So, yeah, I don't know. Do you have any other comments? Can't think of one. Uh, I think that's all we have for this week. We appreciate everyone for listening, especially those listeners that have sent in emails or tweets and hot seat topics. And if that's all you have, we will talk to you next week. See you, folks.